Welcome to the Accepted Authority, where we help you solve a common consulting growth challenge. I'm Andy Marmont, and with me as always is Greg Roweth. Hello, Greg. Hi, Andy. Coming today from Caddy Caddy in New Zealand, again, just down the coast from Auckland, where we're surviving um, probably one of the worst storms. In fact, I was in Auckland on Friday, one of the worst storms they have ever had. Wow! Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people affected that I know mm. personally as well. So let's hope that um, we're thinking about you, uh, mm. all you Aucklanders in particular. So um, yeah, keep keep being strong. Uh, today we're going to talk about marketing from an advice point of view. So do you ever feel like? Do you ever feel confused about what marketing channels to use for your consulting firm? I find that there's a lot of general information out there peddled by generalist marketers that needs to be able to fit for our business. And there's a big danger there because there's so much noise about what to try, what to use. We end up getting confused. Maybe we try something and we end up wasting time, money. There's no return on effort. There's no return on investment. So in this podcast today, what we wanted to do is give some clarity about how to consider or what steps to consider when it comes to deciding a marketing approach or marketing channels to use in a consulting environment. You know, research tells us that consulting firms have tried tactics. LinkedIn's probably number one, but also things like posting content, SEO, email, paid ads, and very small percentage get results, very small percentage. And I'm talking sort of four or five percent. And that's because either they don't have the expertise to be able to implement themselves or they've, they've chosen a channel because maybe they've been told that they need to do this or maybe, a, a, uh, I guess, a guru in one area has told them that it's going to work for them and they end up being burned out. So we want to talk a bit about how do we go about it, where should we start, what do we need to consider, and obviously what we want is we want a multi-channel digital strategy that's going to work for us. So, Greg, maybe kick us off. Why is it, why do consulting firm business owners, why is there a confusion about what marketing channels or what marketing approach we need to use for our firm? Why do you reckon? Yeah, well, I can talk from personal experience about this because I was a victim um, of, you know, otherwise um, quite well-meaning um, consultants in the marketing space and you know for a number of years um, when I got to the point in my business growth where I would consider you know, how to, can we accelerate our lead generation um, naturally I was looking for other ways you know from the traditional um, networking and and uh, relying on referrals you know, to speed up the number of leads coming in. And, you know, we looked to consultants in the marketing space. In fact, I remember, you know, distinctly having three different websites in two years. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, we tried Facebook marketing. We tried SEO. We tried um, Google AdWords. We, we tried just about everything there is in the social media. You know, LinkedIn uh, obviously was another area. Content, uh, you know, writing a book. 
you, know, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> um, I tried it, but it, it really, you know, none of those tactics ever really changed the dial on the speed of our lead generation. And uh, it was very frustrating. It was, you know, and expensive. <laughs> and, I, and I got to the point where I actually started to feel like, you know, marketing our consulting firm was just like gambling. Mm-hmm. You know, we would spend money on it, you know, put put our money into a, another um, marketing opportunity and hope that we got a payout. And uh, really it was, you know, at the end, you know, I gave up on that because I seemed to just keep pouring money down the drain, hoping for a better result and, and never getting it. So, yeah, <laughs> um, we stopped doing it that way. And, you know, being the sort of person I am, I'm always asking myself and, you know, searching for a better way. So, you know, I went back to the drawing board at that point. But until then, you know, we were like, you know, babes in the woods. Um, and because we were good, you know, as you know, come from an accountancy background, um, built the consultancy business, but I was never taught marketing. And so I was very reliant on the advice that I was getting from other people. And you get it from all sorts of people. It's not just the marketing experts. It's other colleagues and your networking um, colleagues in, in maybe a B&I group or, you know, where I was at the time. And, you know, so what are you doing? You know, what, what are you doing to generate more leads? What, what marketing are you doing? You're having that sort of conversation frequently and they'll tell you this, that, and the other, but really... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I would have been better off not asking for that advice because I really had no clue. And um, and as it turns out, it seems like the so-called experts really didn't have a clue either on marketing a consultancy firm. So what changed for you, Greg? What, what was the step or what was the realisation when you went, you know what, I'm going to go down a different path and, and, and what, were, what, was the, what results did he find? Mm. I think the biggest realization was that you know, all of the different methods we were using were just tactics um, we were trying to chase more leads you know we were trying to find ways to generate more leads and what I realized that we actually had to have a strategy in place um, we had to really go back a few steps to look at what we were about as a consulting firm you know, what was our purpose? What do we stand for? Um, and in the end, I think the biggest realisation was that instead of trying to chase more leads, we needed to build a firm that offered more value so that we were highly attractive to the market. You know, so it wasn't about chasing leads and hunting for more clients. It was about building a, an attraction strategy that drew clients to us yeah that's so that's a really interesting distinction and obviously the name of this podcast is the accepted authority because we believe that it all starts from where you position yourselves and being attractive to a high value customer and then being able to do exactly what you've just done there greg Mm. so that's really interesting so really what you're saying there is instead of just doing a lot of 
it's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff in isolation. Mm. You really need to go back as the first point of call and say, well, who do we want to attract? What is the type of work that we're doing and how do we make it more valuable? And once you get that positioning right, then perhaps you can rethink, okay, well, what is our go-to market approach? So that's really interesting. Mm. So uh, I feel like this is a bit of an interview. It's it's, it's not. Um, then what happened, Greg? Tell us about the next step. Well, that? once we decided to look at how we could be attractive to the market and build a strategy around that, what we found that, uh, was that a lot of the assets that we'd created, like the book, for example, uh, which you know I'd sold very few when started to give away the books, but um, I understood that the book was one part of the, the system. And uh, so I used my book, Cracking the Code, as a like a central piece of our marketing and everything else then revolved around that one marketing message um, and you know, targeting one specific target market. You know, so the things that we know and understand now were new to me then. And I think for many consultants, you know, these are the mysteries that they're not aware of. You know, so one specific target market, one specific message that appeals to that target market, and then looking at building assets that are not salesy. You know, they're not promotional assets, but positioning assets. So assets that add value. So that people actually want to consume our marketing material because it has a value in itself. Yes. And it's not promoting us, but it's positioning us because of that value that we're offering as the accepted authority. It's such a simple idea, isn't it, Greg? When, when you think about it, you, see, you know, you're starting from the, the what we believe our, our ideal client would value. Mm. And I think the promotion piece, which we talk about often, is really the first thing we need to strip away because knocking down the door and, and just yeah. talking about our services is it, maybe traditionally it's how we would, as consultants, how we were taught because it's about selling services. That That's mm. almost the, when I think of consulting in my experience, working in big consulting firms and in smaller ones, it's, it's selling services. So I think when it comes to marketing, we need to shift our mindset and it's really about being that, first of all, that, that position. Mm. And I can tell you, uh, I mean, I can tell you a story of how when I decided from a personally point of view to shift uh, what I was doing, which is really around that positioning piece, being attractive to one very specific ideal target market, the amount of conversations I had started to increase in the and the, the the type of uh, the 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 fit, I guess, of those prospects were much enhanced. But of mm. course, you can all, you can always tell how successful marketing has been when you ask your prospects. So, uh, tell me about why did you decide to, to mm. jump on a call, or what's the context? And I reckon at least 50%, maybe 60% of my calls last year, they said, because you just talk about problems that I'm thinking about right mm -hmm. now. You just talk about consulting and growing a consulting firm. You just talk about wanting to help, wanting to help me. 
Mm. And that was so powerful for me. And that's exactly what you're sort of talking about there, Greg, is yeah. when it comes to deciding the, what marketing channels we use, the first thing we need to do is get some clarity on what, who, you know, who we want to actually serve. Yeah. I think the, the next part that, that probably links in there is so yeah. that's great. You know, we, 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 we want to focus on one particular target market, but where does it go from there? When, when, when it start to actually decide to start building out and start building our, our executing our marketing strategies, right. what, what sort of advice would you? Yeah, well, just a, a comment on that. Interestingly enough, the comments I have had from my clients that they come to me in, in that way often are about more, you know, it, it se- seemed like you were looking over my shoulder mm-hmm. and, you know, you understood the problems that I face every day. And so it wasn't even about you know, how we solve problems, what services we provide. It's the fact that we actually showed that we understood them before we offered anything to them. And yeah. you know, that's that's a big um, you know, big step, you know, I think, for a, you know, a lot of um, potential clients. You know, the trust factor is incredibly high. Um, and it's a major part of the decision-making process. So if they actually feel that we understand them, then the trust level goes up automatically, and then they're willing to listen to what we've got to say from there. So, yeah, so, so I answer your, your question then, you know, where to from there? Uh, and it's about, obviously, you know, where are our clients most likely to be able to um find our content, uh, or I say content, you know, that's that's making a, an assumption about how we're promoting ourselves as well. Um, but typically, you know, what we're talking about in terms of our uh, positioning content rather than promotion, because I don't want to um, get the wrong interpretation of that, but what we're putting out to the market is content that offers value, um, so it's about where are our clients hanging out? You know, um, where are they likely to come across that mm-hmm. content? So we want to put it in front of them and get their attention. So you know that can depend on the different industries that you serve. Um, for a lot of us, LinkedIn is a, a most likely venue for where our clients hang out, mm-hmm. but there are other places as well. And for some. You know, it's industry groups or associations that are a very likely place that we should be marketing and um, you know, offering our content. Sometimes they're hard to crack uh, because there's, you know, protected relationships and a whole lot of other factors there, but they're very high value and um, just because they have, you know, a high concentration of our ideal clients. So we want to be looking at where it's most likely and where we can actually get in front of them in the least costly um, and in terms of time and money um, way that we we can um, get that content out there. I think what you say is, is very true, Greg, because the idea around or the, the fascination about going down one path mm. and putting all our eggs into one basket uh, I think it's 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 true to start with. I think we need to focus on maybe one particular channel or approach. 
Mm. And I would always opt for more of a digital or an online approach to start with as opposed to as your main as your main approach because you can't scale networking, you can't scale events, you can't scale speaking. But what you can do is you can figure out, as you rightly said, if, if our clients and we can do some research around this and we can actually be quite sure about, well, where do our ideal clients live once we go through that that research piece? Do they live on LinkedIn? We can be quite quite sure about that. Um, if they do, for example, then uh, the next step is to realise, well, okay, so how do we get leverage out of that and how do we do something that doesn't require us to be on all the time? Mm-hmm. So have different other strategies for sure. Networking is a, is good, uh, but putting all your eggs into networking or attending events, it's costly. It's very time intensive for not a lot of return. I mean, a lot of that's more of a long term play because we're we're trying to you know we have to go to the thing. We've got to meet people. We've got to we've got to have a, a is there a values match there like it's all a, a drawn out process so by by all means network and events i think is a you know use that if you've got capacity or maybe you could send one of your team members but if we just talk about building our awareness of what we do to the right people then start with a digital approach first so we can start to build those relationships and yeah. and start attracting. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, doing it, as I said, in a least costly way in terms of time <laughs> and money, you know, <laughs> um, it's about finding a process that works. And I think, you know, this is the biggest challenge that most of our clients and, and you know, I think most consultants have to overcome is getting away from marketing being a random event, you know, mm. getting away from client acquisition being unpredictable and, you know, great if it happens, <laughs> not sure how it happened, um, you know, that sort of <laughs> mentality to actually systemising the process where it becomes consistent and predictable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a fair bit of time and attention to put into that process, but it's about tweaking, adjusting, you know, looking at all the moving parts and all the uh, the stages that are required to bring a client from stranger to paying client and, you know, even beyond that to raving fan. So, you know, don't forget them once they become a client, you know, that's all still part of the marketing process. Yeah. So, you know, how do we create that ultimate marketing system that nurtures people through a a process um, and um, brings them into our, um, yeah, into our paying client environment. Um, we want to really understand that process and, and make sure it's working for us before we try to scale it. And in fact, you know, until it is working effectively, there's no way you can scale it. Um, so making sure that's the first stage of development, you know, if you're wanting to grow your business successfully, making sure they have a systemized marketing process that delivers clients consistently consistently and predictably. I love that. And I think that's a really great way to to finish this episode, Greg. It's it's uh so what we what we're saying today is a lot of consulting firms, there's some confusion about where to start. 
the heart of your approach should be where you position yourself to one ideal client. And then from there, deciding where they hang out, where are they most likely to be? And then proving the proving that method or that approach by consistently doing some activities. And then once that works, you can expand out and choose other channels. But we don't want to uh, put our eggs into, I guess, call it the traditional ways, which are things like networking and attending yeah. things which are costly, the time, they're not going to be mm. effective really long-term, uh, short-term, big part. So I think that that's a really, uh, I, I really enjoyed today, Greg. What we might that's do is, mm -hmm. yeah, so I think, um, in, so obviously we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you all again next week. But Greg, where can we find you online? Okay, so these days on Facebook and LinkedIn, just search for Greg Roworth and you'll find me or go to my website at businessflightpath.com. Excellent. And I'm at Andrew Marmont on LinkedIn or concurve.com.au. This has been the Accepted Authority. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.